Hey guys, welcome to the Babylonian Pastor Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Rob. Stay with us as we talk about church, theology, culture, and everything in between. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Babylonian Pastor Podcast. I'm Michael, trapped in my underground bunker, running from the government. That's not true. None of that is true. Just want to be clear. <laughs> and this is Rob. Um, I, I just want to start with... Where were you on October 16th at 7 p.m.? I don't, I don't know. Where Since you're being you? interrogated, like the lighting is perfect. So I just <laughs> I would start with something like Where that. Where were you? <laughs> don't lie to me! Well, I, I don't really want to get into it seeing as how I'm, <laughs> I'm hiding out. Yeah. Um, okay, right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Right, bro, uh, by the way, you should turn the location off your phone because... Uh, Oh, you're telling me if I'm running for the government, I shouldn't have technology. <laughs> well, I'm doing this. I'm doing this all wrong right now. I'm, 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 I'm on Zoom, so automatically the Chinese know where I'm at. I've got my, my phone beside me, so Google knows where I'm at. So let's just yeah. I'm, you you if they're after you, you you must be a non a, a non threat. Oh no! <laughs> okay, so um, welcome to the podcast, guys. Uh, for the month of November, we are going to be looking at. I, some of you guys may know if you're on online or if you're on Twitter primarily. Uh, there was a trend that went around. By the time you actually view the, these videos, you're going to be like, "Well, that was so five <laughs> six weeks ago." But, but we want to look at it because some of them were interesting, and we're going to be looking at uh, primarily. The ones that I posted. Now, in case you're totally outside of what I'm even talking about, you don't even know what the red flag um, Twitter posts were. Basically, you would say a phrase that would be a red flag for you if you heard it. You'd be like, oh, okay, well, that person's clearly crazy. Um, and I did, <laughs> <laughs> I did a few. Um, I did a few well for... Played. Huh? Well said. Yes, I did a few for um, people that, you know, if, if they say they're Christian and they say this phrase, it's a red flag. To be fair, a lot of people from a lot of different um, backgrounds were posting things. Progressives were doing a lot of red flag things uh, that, you know, fundamental Christians said it was a fair game for all. If you um, identify as a progressive, that's a red flag. <laughs> that's not the one we're talking about today, though. So... Today, we're going to be covering uh, the one that I put that said, I don't need to read the Old Testament. So if you're a Christian, Rob, and somebody in your church comes up and says, you know, I'm a Christian, but I just don't feel like I need to read the Old Testament. Uh, I think you and I would both agree that's a little bit of a red flag. It's a bit of a concern. Perhaps. First of all, if you're in my church and you come up to me and, and say, I don't think I need to read the Old Testament. You've probably only been in our church for about five minutes. Okay, well, that's um, good. That's good. <laughs> so I, I think that the the very first thing that comes to mind that makes that a little bit crazy, right, is that um, the, the Old Testament scriptures are literally all that existed when uh, Christ was on the earth during his ministry and life here when um, the apostles uh, wrote their epistle, their letters. Uh, like So when the New Testament was being written and put together, the Old Testament was all they had 
Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so Jesus actually, one of the proofs of scripture is, uh, of scripture's authority is that Jesus actually appealed to scripture's authority, but he used the old Testament. Yeah. That's yeah. what he quoted from. And, um, uh, so I don't know what kind of Bible, you know, everyone might have, but if, if you're listening to this and you, um, have a Bible that, uh, sometimes the, uh, quotes, from if someone quotes scripture in the Bible, um, it'll be like in all caps or it'll be uh, in bold or something like that. They usually um, will set that apart somehow from the rest of the text. Um, and, and just, I mean, if that's, if that's where you're at or you're struggling with that question, I would just say, look in the New Testament at all of those, uh, at all the places where it's bolded or, or where people are quoting the Old Testament. And then I think that, uh, honestly, for me, that would squash the whole argument right away um, because they're all, uh, you can't read the book of Hebrews yeah, authoritatively exactly in any way without that because Hebrews is, I mean, some folks argue about this a little bit, but I, I mean, in, in my mind, it's pretty set in stone. Hebrews is a sermon. Um, and now who, who gave it, that's debatable, but, but it's, it's a sermon and the entire thing appeals to the old Testament. And, and, um, and so, yeah, so that's, that, that'd be the first thing for me. I don't know if you have other things. I, I have other things I could talk about, but yeah, well, I mean, to go on to your point, like, so for example, I'm, I'm doing a sermon in a couple weeks on, um, well, by the time this comes out, it's already done, but um, on Hebrews 11 and the whole idea, I mean, again, of the appeal back to the early, the early Christians, that's all they had was the Septuagint. So you were going to have the Jewish, early Jewish Christians would have appealed to the Old Testament, the new Gentile Christians that were coming into the church um, from all of these different places that we do have letters from Ephesus and Corinth, all of them would have been being taught specifically from the Old Testament. Um, yeah. as a proof of, you know, who Jesus was and uh, what he did and how he was the Messiah. And I mean, all of that would have been coming from all of those scriptures. Um, so the idea that like, you can't, even if you would say, well, the New Testament, you know, is for us as believers now. Um, yeah, but all of that information is continually pointing back to the Old Testament. And I think we do a disservice. I've definitely done the disservice before of not preaching from the Old Testament enough because we, we, all, we usually preach from, um, you know, Paul's letters, things like that, uh, the Gospels. But in, when doing so, I, at least I haven't done a very good job of continually pointing back to what they were pointing at when they were writing the letters. I mean, Paul has the reason he's saying, well, this is authoritative. This is who Jesus is. He's basing all of that on Old Testament scripture fulfilled, pointing back continuously to Old Testament scriptures. Um, yeah. And to really wrap our mind around it, like to understand that the early church up until the canonization of scripture relied totally on, on the Old Testament and the Septuagint uh, or the Septuagint, the, the collection. I mean, to clarify, the Septuagint being the collections of scripture, yeah. um, the, the Greek the, translations. The Greek transla yeah. So the, they relied solely on that as like this is the authoritative word of god is what they were talking about when they said that um and we do a disservice i think a lots of times of not like pointing that out enough so then people 
get the idea or you have some pastors saying you should unhitch the new Testament from the old Testament and being like, um, talking about Andy Stanley, who is epically wrong. <laughs> this thing on. Yeah, it's definitely on. So, so, um, just having a misunderstanding that like the two cannot be unlinked. Like the one does not exist without the other. Um, and so the new Testament is continually pointing back to the old and the old is continually yeah. pointing forward to the new. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think, you know, we, we, um, we have to talk about, uh, so I'm any pastor who's worth anything is that talks about context, right. And, and teaches and preaches context when, and when any of our people are doing Bible study or, uh, have questions or whatever, or anytime I'm preaching, um, very, very often I mention the actual word context. And we talk about, um, because, uh, you never, you never read just a verse of scripture, right? You can't, that's how, that's how we end up thinking that, um, that, um, uh, what's the, let's see uh, that God, God has, uh, individual plans for me because of Jeremiah's plans, right? Like those sorts yeah. of things. Um, and, and, um, so there's, there's, um, you you have to get content and and this is this is a problem outside of the bible as well right like so how how often do we see in news or something like a an interview but they'll only share like small little phrases or something and not give you the whole context and so you actually don't have any clue what was being said right if you mm-hmm. don't have context if you don't have the whole conversation um, and so what I would say is that the old Testament actually gives context to the new Testament. Yeah. So if you just had the new Testament, you, you would actually not have the whole gospel in the first place. Um, you wouldn't have context for Christ needing to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have to rely on maybe reading a, a few things within the new Testament. Of course, it points back to it. Um, and, and you get, you, you get, you can get a saving knowledge of, of, um, Christ from the new Testament. So don't get me wrong, but, um, all of the old Testament points forward to the need for Christ. It's this beautiful, majestic context for the gospel itself. You don't actually even have, um, uh, a solid record of the fall of mankind. And, and the very beginning in Genesis three, when we mm-hmm. needed, uh, began to need Christ, um, a Christ, a, a Messiah, a savior, a redeemer, right? Um, and, and Genesis three fifteen is the very first inkling that God was going to do that someday. So, um, I would say if you can't accurately and adequately study the new Testament, and I mean, not just read through it in a year or whatever, but, but adequately study it and, and get to know what it's saying and what it means, not to you, but in general, what it means, um, and, uh, you can't do that effectively without utilizing and using and going back to the Old Testament. Yeah. Well, and knowing, like, like you said, knowing what's even there, knowing the source. So going back to your reference about Hebrews, I mean, the whole, the author, or the, the author, the one that gave the sermon, right. Even references things as an aside, re- references people as an aside, assuming that they know who they are. 
and it's not even like super popular stories in some regards like right so in hebrews chapter 11 verse 32 and what more shall i say for the time would fail me to tell of gideon barak samson jethva of david of samuel and the prophets uh, i mean there's a couple names there that people might not even know right away barak jethva like there are things that the author is assuming the people know like stories of people that didn't weren't super great didn't have all the theology lined up actually messed up a little bit we're sort of cowards in some regards but he's drawing on them to make you know his point so that when they're they're remembering these stories they're remembering what god has done in the past um that they have like a frame of reference right and really i think Mm -hmm. um sometimes like you said like we we need to know the richness of the old testament to understand just how glorious the new one new is like what God did through Jesus. Um, and that's going to take some work on our part. Like, so maybe for the, the Hebrews that, you know, this sermon was written for specifically, like they would have been, they would have known that for us, we're pretty far away from that. So it's going to take some commentaries and some study and some actual skin in the game for us to look at that. Um, to, to recognize like, Oh wow. Okay. This is who they were talking about. And this is, you know, why this faith is so amazing so the the book of hebrews actually begins also by telling us that both old and new is god's very word right so so you actually can't divorce it um from one another and you actually can't just you so if if the argument is um i'm uh going to only study the new testament well then maybe i'll only study john (laughs) right or because it's the same it's the same argument um and and the and maybe when you hear it like that uh it it's the same ludicrous argument right and and the hebrews the very beginning of hebrews the first um couple of verses says this long ago at many times and in many ways god spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son um and it goes on so that that in and of itself is a picture of you know the new testament right was um was the life of christ and his words right and then and then you move very quickly into teaching um uh about the life of christ and his words right so this is what it means by in these last days he's he speaks through through jesus right um but but long ago and in many times many ways uh he spoke to us by his prophets um which is moses and forward right so um by the way moses and forward means genesis and forward because uh, moses wrote the the first five books of the bible so um anyway so that the testament um is overwhelming in the new testament to point to the importance of the old testament um i just i just don't think that you can argue that point as a christian um and have really any so we have um this is a brief tangent okay we we have um uh a tendency in our culture today to just make random truth statements, right? 
um, and, and assume that I'm right. And, and then as soon as someone says, well, how did you come to that conclusion? We go, uh, well, I, 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 because you don't actually even have any clue why you might say that. Right. Um, or, or maybe you do have a clue, but it really, if you just follow that chain, um, very far, you end up with, well, I guess there's really not any leg to stand on for this or that argument. Right. Um, and, and that comes from this idea that we kind of make our own truth, right? And it's true for me and that kind of stuff, this postmodern stuff. Um, and, and this, I think, has to be one of those statements where it's like, look, you can, you can maybe state that I don't think that the Old Testament is important for me to read or study, um, but, but there's really no argument past I don't think this is uh, important. Um, because all of the evidence points to the contrary. Yeah. So with that being said, I think some people's hesitance to, to jump into the old Testament is because of how much is there and how much, how much lots of people simply don't understand about it in regards to just the cultural differences. um, Just the time, there's so much time separation that it's just hard. There's things that they're doing that, um, that we might assume means one thing, but it actually means something else to them and their culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so where would you recommend starting? Like if somebody comes to you from your church and says, Hey, I do want to get into the old Testament. I understand that it is important, but I have no clue where to start. Like there's a lot here and a lot of it's confusing. Um, where, I mean, I've got some recommendations, but I'd be interested in, like, not only where would you recommend they start reading, but are there additional resources perhaps that you would give them that says, Hey, mm. The, this this commentary is helpful. This person's helpful. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good question. I didn't prepare for. Uh, but <laughs> I, um, numbers. I'm just kidding. Don't don't begin in numbers. Um, <laughs> you you'll be out after maybe chapter one. Um, but I I I guess if I had to. Um, and again, I haven't really thought this through. But the first thing that I would do is make sure that I'm in some sort of chronological reading plan yeah because um one of the struggles there's so many different genres right there there are prophecies and psalms and proverbs there's so they're books of wisdom and the book of psalms is really like the first hymnal in a lot of ways right so it's like uh this art form and poetry and all this uh and then and then you have the books of history which can uh some of them um mimic one another and tell the same story, but um, maybe a couple words different or whatever, or this excerpt is a little bit different, or they share this piece here. And then, and then you have um, the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, which can be um, maybe not in, in Genesis um, and Deuteronomy isn't real bad about this, but but it can be really difficult mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. in places to, because you don't, <laughs> it, it, it can be really difficult because it's, it's like, it's difficult to, um, there's a lot of stuff in there. Again, like you said um, earlier is so far beyond our culture that if you don't already have some context and knowledge about it, um, it, it could be pretty difficult. Um, but, if you read, if you're on a reading plan, uh, now most of them are like 
most of most reading plans you run across, I, the one that I like a lot is just called the five day Bible reading plan. Um, and I think it's just five day Bible reading plan.com or something like that. Um, and, and that's helpful for a lot of folks because it just accounts for five days a week. So if you miss a day cause vacation or whatever, it's easier to make things up, but, um, but you're going to, you're going to read in there like four or five, six chapters of scripture a day. <laughs> but, but if you're, you're reading it chronologically, so it will interrupt the history to maybe read Joel or one of the prophets who prophesied and wrote that Same prophecy time. during that time. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that chronological aspect is really important to give you good context. And then as far as books, I wouldn't dive in maybe to any particular, at least not any commentary that I look at, because some of them are kind of difficult if you're new to the whole thing. I, I would, however, recommend getting um, a study Bible yeah, because yeah. that's a version that is a commentary. That's kind of what it is. It's just it, it will give you basic things um, uh, about the text that, that maybe aren't super, super deep and difficult right away. Um, and it might answer some of the obvious questions that you have. Um, and then I would just say another, a, a resource is other people. <laughs> I mean, that's actually a, a good thing. Have, have someone in your life, whether it's your pastor or an elder or, or just a friend who has been in it for a long time or whatever, and knows what they're talking about. Um, have them kind of at your disposal to, to say, look, I, I read this. It seems a little crazy to me. Uh, is God saying that slavery is good, right? You know, like, because otherwise there are questions in there that are difficult if yeah, you're just yeah. new and you're just reading over it, right? Um, but and you have to understand context and culture and what was going on back then to even get some, some of the stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, no, I would agree. Yeah, start. Um, I don't know where I would tell anybody to start because um, it's all going to be a little no matter where you start, you're going to be interrupting in the middle of the story unless you start at Genesis and just kind of work your way through. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, as far as additional resources that I found helpful. So, I mean, I guess I'd tell you to start at Genesis, <laughs> just read through. That's how my brain works. Cause at least that way I see like the lineage and sort of stuff. But like you said, when you get to numbers and Leviticus and things, it gets a little difficult sometimes, but um, that's where that, that chronological study would help be helpful. Um, but extra, like as far as resources beyond that, and just, I'm going to say some names here. Some people that listen may not agree with these guys. I don't really care. I think they've, they've been helpful. You don't have to agree with everything they said, but they've been very helpful. Um, Dr. Michael Heisner, uh, does, Heisner, a, yeah. Heis, yeah. does a lot of stuff. Again, you don't have to agree with him, but I feel like he's very well balanced, uh, very informed on the topics, especially the old Testament. He is going to get very much into like the spiritual realm of things. So that might, you know, get a little goofy for some people. Um, but he does deal a lot with that. And then I think, again, you don't have to agree with him totally, but, uh, Dr. Michael Brown, uh, he is Jewish. He has a lot of, uh, understanding of the old Testament and sort of things like that. And he can, uh, he doesn't get quite as scholarly as Hesner does Heisner. I don't know how you say his last name. Heiser. 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 Yeah. Um, I, I would recommend Heiser over anyone really, as far as old Testament stuff. If you're just looking for internet access, as far as like, Oh, I can watch this on YouTube and this is really easy to get to. Plus um, he has a very tempting podcast called the naked Bible podcast. Yes. Yeah, actually, um, part of I was part of my getting ready for the sermon in Hebrews. I I listened through quite a bit of that, um, just because again he covers a lot of history and like 
that, that's what I appreciate. And then there's another, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember. I, I, I'm not going to look it up because it takes too long. But there's, um, I'll try to remember. I've talked about him before. I'll put it in the, the, uh, the description if I remember. But he's a Presbyterian minister that um, he, as, he, as he walks through, um, he, basically he used to teach at um, like a Christian high school, but he also teaches at his church. But as he walks through these books, mainly Old Testament, um, but some New Testament, he'll, he, he incorporates a lot of the cultural context of the day too. So you understand what's happening, not only within the text you're reading, but within the culture around when that text is written. And that really helps kind of help you understand. And I think when you have those tools and when you see it through the eyes of, you know, somebody that would have understood what was being said, that helps a lot. Uh, it makes it a lot less foggy um, and a lot less complicated um, mm -hmm. because um, it just, it brings some clarity. So those are the resources I would recommend. Again, with anything, you're going to take it with a grain of salt, but I think all of those are very helpful, at least to get you thinking. You're probably going to have more questions, especially with Heisner when you get to the end. Yeah. But, um, but, but it's still helpful. It, it's still. Um, so. Yeah. I think where, where um, Dr. Michael Heiser is someone who, and you can just look him up on YouTube as well. Like he's got a lot of videos and, and talks that he's given at different places and stuff. But one of the reasons that he's really helpful is one, he, he is a, um, a Hebrew, I mean, scholar, right? Like he knows so much about Hebrew. Um, but, but one of the things that he is really good for um, is uh, knowing the context. Um, he he knows so much about what was going on outside of scripture at that time um, and how uh, the average person would have thought about what Moses wrote, right? So um, th that's one of the important things about scripture is to understand it wasn't actually written to you and me, right? It was, it was written, um, you know, the, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible were written to Israel <laughs> so that they could, they could, um, they had the law, they knew what they should do, how they should live. The prophets, um, uh, major and minor prophets were written to, uh, Israel for the most part, right? Um, and, uh, just like the New Testament was not written to you, um, and me, uh, Matthew, uh, was written to a Jewish audience to try to convince them that Jesus was in fact their Messiah. Um, uh, Luke was written to a Gentile audience. Um, and so uh, it's important to know those things as you're reading any, any bit of scripture. And Heiser is super good at knowing the framework um, mm -hmm. that, was go that was around when scripture was written, uh, when yeah, Old Testament yeah. was written. So he, he can certainly be really technical, but, uh, but I, I also, um, you, he, he does a lot of speaking in, in kind of plain language too. Yeah. When you uh, listen to him, you're going to have to, if you, if you fall asleep during like monotone talking, you're going to really have to work for it. Cause the dude is not energetic, but he's very informative. <laughs> so you're going to have to be like, yeah. all right, you have to like be awake and focused and ready to go. Cause somebody commented on one of the videos I was watching. They're like, I just, I listened to this to go to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well it's probably more beneficial than that but cool all right guys it's a good job at explaining all the weird things in scripture that that you know makes you makes you go okay 
why would you write that in here? That's really well, and not easy. only that, and to kind of end on on this episode for uh, <laughs> and specifically on him, like what I appreciate about anyone that does that type of work, like the Mike Wingers of the world, or or even Hessner, is that they're very balanced, right? So there will be times where you're like, oh, I agree with him theologically, and then there's another time where you're like, no, he's a heretic. But it's one of those <laughs> things where where he's not going to fall into a camp just to fall into a camp. He's not going to do that. Yeah. He's going to be like, no, this is what I see. And if you disagree, that's fine. Like there's a couple times in the episode that I was listening to where he's like, all right, well, the ESV is totally wrong here. It's right over here, but it's totally wrong right here. Um, so, and again, that's helpful to know uh, as you read, you know, read through stuff. So anyway, any yep. ending remarks? Read the old Testament and the <laughs> new Testament. There's no such thing as a new Testament Christian. The church has always existed and Israel has always existed and they mean the same thing. God's people. Enjoy. There you go, guys. Thank you for watching, listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.